Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hey there, before we jump in, I've got a quick question for you. Are you ready to make this year the final year that you say, this is the year I'm going to start my private practice? Listen, I know that you've been thinking about private practice for a long time, but you're nervous that you don't have enough experience or the time to devote to figure it all out on your own. In the meantime, you're passing up opportunities to serve more ideal clients, make more money, and spend more time with your family. And people in your community are going without services or are stuck on wait lists. If you've been following me for a long time and you're ready to learn more about how private practice can help you meet your professional, personal, and financial goals, I want you to sign up for my brand new free training over at startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar. Chances are you didn't learn much of anything about private practice in graduate school, so think of this free training as the missing lecture that you didn't have then, but you have now. And if you're on the fence about whether or not private practice is right for you, I promise that by the end of the free training, you will know. Speech-language pathologists choose private practice as a way to have more freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance in their lives. So if you need more of those things, starting a private practice full-time or even on the side can be a great way to achieve them. Don't let yet another year go by waiting for things to get better. If you are ready to take control over your professional, personal, and financial life, head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar and sign up for the free training today. All right, let's jump into the episode. Ruth Marquez is a bilingual speech-language pathologist who started her private practice on the side of her school job. She was interested in private practice, but put it on the back burner for a while, worried that she didn't have enough experience. But then she decided to go for it, and she hasn't looked back. Ruth started her private practice journey as a student in my program, the Start Your Private Practice System. She is a wonderful example of someone who had a lot of doubt and fear, but decided to invest in herself and her future and follow the step-by-step system and she absolutely loves private practice. I can't wait to introduce you to her, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, 
and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. Did you know that seeing private clients on the side was an option? For a long time, I thought that you were either in private practice or you weren't. I had no idea that having a part-time private practice as a side hustle was a thing. And I thought that if you had a job and you decided to start a private practice, that you would have to quit your job right away and then build your private practice. Fortunately, I learned that it is much safer and easier to start your own part-time private practice after work, on the weekends, or during the summer so that you can keep your steady income and grow your private practice to your desired level until you have enough cash flow to either quit your job or you can keep your practice small and on the side indefinitely. You get to choose. Our guest today started her speech therapy private practice on the side of her school job and only after a little bit more than a year in decided that she will not be returning to the schools next year. If that is something that you dream of, of this finally being your last year in the schools or at your job, listen to this episode because you will be inspired. So let's get to it. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Hi, everyone. So my name is Ruth Marquez, and the name of my private practice is Be Brave Speech Therapy, and it's located in Mentone, California. I am so excited to be talking to you. Ruth is one of my star students from the Start Your Private Practice System, and I've gotten to watch your journey along the way. But can you share with our audience, you know, what were things like for you before you got into private practice, right? What were things like for you as a young SLP? Okay, so... I have only had like school district experience. So that has been my main like source of income and job since I got out of grad school 10 years ago. So I've been doing this and been an SLP for 10 years. This year, actually in 2011 was my 10 year anniversary from grad school. So it's kind of hard to believe that it's been 10 years, but I've enjoyed like my time in the schools. I've dabbled in uh, early intervention. So I've worked through you know, contract companies on the side to earn a little bit of income and just to, you know, just get something, get a feel for something new. But I haven't done adults or SNPs or home health or anything like that. So solely pediatrics. And that's my jam. I love kids. So <laughs> I love that. Well, it's nice that you, you, you know what you like, right? Like there's yeah. some people who like, you know, lots of things, right? Sort of like the birth to death people or whatever. And then there's other people who know, or who are like, no, I like kids of this age group and maybe I'll go a little bit younger sometimes, but generally kids. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the things that's so cool about private practice is that you can decide which populations you work for, right? Or you work with. So, all right. So you, you've been doing this for 10 years. You like have experience in some various, you know, pediatric settings at what point did you start to think about private practice? Is this something you've always wanted to do or was this something that kind of came along at some point? I've always thought about maybe having a private practice one day, like probably since 
grad school, maybe like my second year of grad school going out, I thought it'd be fun to have like a, like something of my own and be able to work with like bilingual kids and that bilingual population and just kind of cater around like certain niches and things that I like to do. And um, I think that desire grew as I started working more in the schools and kind of saw how like maybe like, I don't know the right word is like being micromanaged and like being told I had to do something X way and not my way. Or if I thought maybe a child should be seen three or four times a week because maybe they have, you know, praxis of speech or something like that, like a, a severe phonological impairment. But, you know, in the schools, we maybe only do like twice a week and it's like cookie cutter, like 30 minutes. And so that, that desire of maybe wanting to, to do something on my own terms and really based on like what I feel is best for the client is where it started, you know, fostering that desire to have a, a private practice. That is very common, right? It's very common that people start to think about private practice when they're feeling limited in some way, right? Or they're feeling stuck or they're feeling like, you know what, I can do a better job as a clinician if I had more freedom over what I did, you know, how you do therapy or, you know, you mentioned frequency, right? Feeling like you weren't able to treat those clients like enough. And then the other thing that you said that I think is really important is um, giving bilingual services, right? So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about that. So um, I work with kids that are bilingual. So anywhere between like birth to like, you know, school age or older. So that's been my specialty in the schools and the schools have really fostered that. So they have helped me, you know, become more, you know, being able to differentiate between language impairment and language disorders and being able to attend more CEU classes and things like that. So that is something that I fostered in my, also in my private practice and wanting, you know, parents that are bilingual to, you know, have someone that speaks. So I speak Spanish. So someone that speaks Spanish and English to their child so that when they're, you know, hearing both languages, they're not, you know, they're being exposed to both at the same time. And so they're being raised in that same environment at home. And so also in therapy. So really all kids birth to school age and older. Yeah. I love that. And that's great too, because that's another, that's a population who really needs more services Mm -hmm. than are often, you know, uh, available to them. Right. So when, when bilingual SLPs are thinking about, you know, wanting to give back to, you know, bilingual populations or just to really fill gaps in service, I think it's awesome when people, you know, not only, you know, obviously acknowledge that gap, but then make a plan to fill it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what were things, you know, you had this, you know, you're going along in the schools, doing dabbling in some EI or whatever. And then you start to think, okay, no, I really think I'm going to pursue this whole private practice thing. What did that look like for you when you actually started to put some wheels in motion to make it happen? So I think a lot of times if you have that idea in your head, but you don't actually like maybe talk about it with someone or verbalize it, I think it can just stay in there and no one knows what you're feeling or what you're wishing or what you're wanting if you're not actually saying it. So one of the things that, you know, I would say to some friends, but they would forget about it. So when I met my boyfriend, now my fiance at the time, I told him like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to have like a private practice. And he was like, wow, that's so cool. Like, when do you think you would start that? And I was like, I don't know, like one day, you know, someday when I feel like I'm ready, like, I don't know if I'm ready yet. He's like, you you don't think you're ready yet? And I was like, well, 
I think I still need more time, but I think it's that fear, that fear of like, oh, am I, am I ready to have a private practice? Like it just sounds so big and daunting, but really being able to talk to someone about it and them helping you and pushing you to see if this is something you really wanted to do. And in my case, it was something that I really wanted to do, but I was scared and I needed help to, you know, pursue it and talking about all my, like, the word hesitancies in the schools and things that I would complain about, you know, with him. And he was like, I think this is a great opportunity for maybe for you to pursue or maybe start thinking about what are the first steps, you know, that you can take to start your private practice. So I think it was around 2019 where I started really thinking about that. I love that. That's also a familiar story, right? People start to think about it and then they almost talk themselves out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's like, you know, but then the the fear monster comes and starts telling you things like, oh, you're not ready. And then like, maybe it's imposter syndrome or whatever. But often when you talk about it with other people, and especially if they hear, you know, you're complaining about work, you know, you're feeling like you're not making a difference. Like they hear all that stuff and they're like, why not just start your own thing? Right. And right. Then oftentimes the SLP is like, oh, but really? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. Right. So I think that's a very, very common thing, right? So what advice would you give to people who are in your same situation, right? Who know, you know, exactly what it feels like to feel like you're not ready, but at some point you decided, okay, I'm ready, or at least I'm ready enough. How did you make that switch? So I think an advice that I would say to someone that's like really, you know, on that fence and should I go for it? What are, should I not is to make a list and to really like you know, I'm a list person. So I have like a pro list and I have a con list and, you know, on the pro list for me was like, Oh, being my own boss, you know, seeing the types of clients that I want, being able to set the pay that I want, being able to, you know, flexibility of hours. And on the con list, maybe it was like, Oh, having startup, maybe fees, you know, like to buy assessments or more therapy materials, or maybe how will I figure out space, you know, things like that. I think having like a list really makes you see. And for me, it visually made me see that the pros were way, you know, better than the cons and the cons really were just, you know, I could work around it and I could figure out ways to, you know, make it better or get there in time, like the assessments or the therapies or things like that. So after I visually saw it, I was like, okay, you know, I'm ready to do this. And I, I have that skill and I have that experience and talking about it again, really helped me like, Oh, I'm, I'm ready to do this. I love that. So tell the listeners are probably now wondering like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So she went for it. Good for her. What were your first kinds of clients like, right? You mentioned that you, that you see pediatrics, you know, with, without obviously going into specifics, like what kinds of clients did you start seeing? And remind us, was this on the side of your school job? Yes. So that's like another thing that I think I'm going to sidetrack a little bit, but I think sometimes um, people also like think, oh, if I'm going to do private practice, I have to go all in. Right. And so I'm that person that I was like, I'm not ready to leave that security of a full-time job yet. And I still want to see how, how I like it, you know, cause there's a chance that even though I really want to do it, I do it and I don't like it. You know, that's not the case because I love it now, but it's nice to know that it was on the side of my regular full-time job. So the earliest clients that I saw were I did a couple of evaluations. Sometimes you do evaluations and you hope that they, you know, obviously turn into full-time clients. In my case, sometimes they just 
I just did evaluations, which is another great just source of good income. If you're, you know, if you're good at evaluating, you write a report and you send them on your way. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe they come back. They're a mix of articulation, a mix of language, a little bit of a proxy of speech, a fluency, stuttering, which is also like another like peak area of interest for me that I think I would like to explore more like a little niche. So I, I honestly would consider myself still at this point, a generalist. So I'm comfortable in treating like a wide variety of things. And I like that at this point because I, you know, don't get stuck in one area and I get to explore, you know, one day I have fluency and one day I see articulation. I love language and grammar. Then we go to vocabulary. Like, so I'm comfortable in doing all all of those things. And that does not mean that like later on, I'm still highly considering, you know, taking more classes to maybe like specializing in something. I have a a couple families with autism, early autism. So that's also fun to watch and see how like happy parents are with the progress that you make with collaboration, which is something that I love about private practice is that collaboration that you get to have with parents when they're in on that session with you, um, which is something you don't really see in schools least not in my schools, the parents would sit down there in the session with me. And then I would say, okay, this is what you should do at home. And they're so involved and, you know, that they're genuinely invested in their child when they come on time, when they ask what they can do, you know? And so I love what I'm doing. And as of just this year, I have decided to go full-time into my private practice. I quit my, I haven't made it public on my group because I've been so busy, but I did quit my full-time school job and I'm diving all in because I feel like this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, Ruth. That is like such a big deal. Right. And it's because you've proven to yourself that a, you can do it right. And that there's, there's a market, right. There are people who, who need services. Right. And so congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited. So excited to see where this takes me. And I know that, you know, the help that I received from the group and from family and friends and just, you know, even coworkers, coworkers that I've told, and they're so supportive and they've asked me, wow, you started a private practice. Can I talk to you? How did you do that? Like this whole year you've been doing it. I'm like, yes, I have. It's been quite busy, but I've been doing it and I'm happy. And I know that this is what I should be doing. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that you're also really showing the listeners, right. That you, you can totally start a viable and successful private practice on the side of your regular job, right? You know, yeah. you were able to to build your practice while you still have that steady income. And, you know, once you really figured out that like you have something that can really grow and can can replace your school income, right? And another thing that we mentioned before we started recording is that you're going to be changing locations, right? Tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, some people might be thinking like, oh, I want to start a private practice, but I'm going to be moving soon, right? Soon in air quotes, because it means different things to different people. But what would you say to people who are thinking about starting a private practice, but they're moving soon? I'm so excited to talk about this because sometimes I feel like people are nervous about starting a private practice because they might be moving soon. What is soon to someone might be like six months, a year, you know, maybe even less. But I think that for me, um, I'm so glad 
that I started this private practice because it gives me the knowledge and the experience going forward so that when I started again in the new location where I'm going to be moving to hopefully San Diego, that I will, you know, know like how to get that business license, where to go, how to contact, you know, do I need like other forms? Like, what do I need to get started? You know, all those little ducks in the row that you need it'll be easier and it won't be as daunting as the first time because A, we've, I've already done it, you know, so I know the process. You can also, you know, even if you're going to move, you can still make that income, a little bit of income, which can help you, you know, buy more assessments, buy more therapy materials, take more CU classes so that when you move, you have more experience in whatever you're wanting to focus. And then I think the next thing that I would also say is that you just build, again, that experience and experience gives you confidence. And I think confidence is really important when you're like on the phone with a parent and you're maybe trying to make them your prospective client and you're not sure if they're going to take your price the wrong way. Right. But if you state it with confidence, you know, you know that what you're providing, that value that you're providing is good. And so it becomes easier and easier each time that you say it. So if you've already started it, I think when you do it again, when you move, it'll be easier. So I think all those things combined, I think for sure you should definitely start it. Um, if you're thinking of moving, starting is a good way to gain that experience. And you're also helping people. Even if, you know, I started my private practice um, in 2020 and I have graduated one client and I will graduate another one in probably a month. So if if anything, I've helped two clients exit from my services and you know, more have made so much more progress. So it's not in vain. (laughs) Well, and I love that too. And it's great when people are able to graduate because that means that they finally got services that were, you know, exactly what they needed, either the type of services or the amount or just that extra attention. Right. So, so congratulations that that's awesome. I do have a question about getting clients, right? So how, how are you sort of, you know, thinking about marketing and, you know, getting those clients uh, to know about you? Okay. That's an excellent question. That was probably the, one of the biggest things that I was kind of like marketing, how do I do that? Right. Like I'm not a marketer. So the course helped me out so much. So the module, I can't remember which module it was, but it talks about module three, <laughs> module, three. module three talks about like different ways to, you know, be seen and active people that are searching and right people that are searching and then others and having a website is one way that you know makes yourself visible to to other people and then like putting flyers or things like that so i think there's different ways that it was listed and i remember i had worksheets and i would say i'm comfortable doing this this so i would check it off again with those worksheets love those worksheets so um so i think i just followed that i i made flyers on canva and even it was even if it was in the pandemic and i know people were just going through the drive through at some points it was still open you know and even though some people would still go in I put a flyer on Starbucks and I know Starbucks is sometimes picky. Some Starbucks will say, no, it's only for nonprofit. And some will be like, okay, maybe, yeah, go ahead, put it up. But I've gotten like at least four calls, four or five calls from that one flyer in Starbucks. And I'll still say, is it the one on X street? And they're like, yeah, that one. I'm like, it's still up there. Like I still went like the other day. I'm like, wow, that thing is after a year is still there. So um, flyers and having a website, Google is your friend. (laughs) And after you spend some time on SEO and just like learning about that and 
um, having some reviews definitely help because I've gotten clients that say, oh, I've read those reviews and I really like that. Or I've had people say, I really like your website. I want to, I mean, I want to talk to you about, you know, my son or my daughter, social media, Facebook. So that was, that was, that was probably the hardest thing for me. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a social media person. I have social media. Um, I don't post regularly on my own personal Instagram or, you know, my personal Facebook, but you better believe I post regularly on my business and my, you know, I'm more on my, my business ones than I do. Sometimes it's hard to keep up. There's weeks, you know, where I, I just don't have time and that's the last thing on the list, you know, but it is, it, I've had a couple inquiries from Instagram, people from out of state, you know, that will say, Hey, I, you know, I really like this. And are you willing to see my, you know, son or my daughter? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm not in that state. But that's effective. So, you know, websites and things like that help draw clients in. So all those little things with marketing, obviously word of mouth, making it known to coworkers that you have a private practice and um, parents when they're happy, they tell, you know, I've had a couple like say, oh, like, you know, can I give your information to my friend? Yes, please do, you know, share it, you know, friends, you know, sharing like, my page or something. Like when I first posted it on my personal, it it went great. It went, you know, people were like, wow, this is so awesome. I'm going to share it. So definitely social media and Google and buyers and business cards, handing them out to friends, like I'm putting it up on boards or things like that. And it gets easier over time. I always have a little bit of business cards. Here it is. Let me tell you about my private practice. And at first I was like, you know, really, I have a private practice. It wasn't as, but now it's like, I try to shout it. Like I have a private practice. Let me tell you about it. You know, but it's fun too, when people make that shift from being a little bit nervous about it, like you to confident, right? Like earlier you talked about confidence and how confidence comes with experience, right? And just as you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what's happening with people with marketing, right? It's like before they kind of get that confidence, it's like before they know that they're going to be good at it and before they know it's going to take off, right? I think there is a little bit of that extra nervousness. But once you're like, no, I have a private practice. It's great. I help tons of people really well. And the parents love it and the kids love it and I love it. So if you need therapy, like you should come here, right? (laughs) then yeah okay great yes definitely (laughs) sometimes it's that easy but I think sometimes we make it a little complicated and I I think that that fear monster always sets in in lots of facets so it's pushing pushing through that fear definitely (laughs) yeah I love that and and really what you're talking about too is is planting seeds all over the place right because you just never know where these clients are going to come from but you shared with us a couple of places. And let me just say, you know, you, you, you work with pediatrics. I'm a parent of two children. And so Starbucks is a place that I frequent uh, Starbucks and or other coffee shops. Cause I'm tired. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you really want to be thinking about going to where your ideal clients are. Right. So for you, you know, it could be where, you know, kids are, but it's more often like where parents are or where other clinicians who also serve the same kind of kids like might be. And sometimes that's former coworkers. Sometimes, you know, in different cities, there's like little networking things or, or Facebook groups for different states or yeah. cities. So Facebook a lot of places. I, um, planting seeds is also, I love mentor Claudia. I love all the mentors, but Claudia is known for saying, let's plant seeds everywhere. That's I think that I think of her. And so, um, I think I really, 
took, you know, I really took that to heart when I was first starting out because it can be discouraging, you know, that comparison of like, oh, like so-and-so started the same time as I did. And wow, like they are just taking off, you know, and here I am like, what's wrong? Why can't I get more clients? So I think it's really staying true to your plan and not being let down, knowing that you're planting seeds and that, you know, eventually when the time is right, you, you will have clients, you will have clients. And I think not like letting go of that belief and really trusting, I think is really key because I've had times where, you know, I had a client say, Oh, can I, can I come tour your, your office and maybe just get a feel? And I was like, okay, why not? I haven't had that, but yeah, come on, you know, come on through. And then, you know, I said, we booked an eval and then they no showed. Right. And I was like, I thought they liked it, you know, but I was like, well, whatever, you know, they just called back like a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I think it's shows, shows that, don't let go of that hope that maybe those people are still searching. Maybe, you know, they'll come back. And some of them do come back after they realize like, oh, like, I don't know, you know, for their circumstances. But I think it's really important to plant seeds wherever you go because you don't know, you know, where those seeds will sprout (laughs) and what will come of that. Or when, right? Because you could have like a long kind of a dry spell or whatever and just feel like you're plugging away. And then all of a sudden you get like two referrals in one day. Right. Yes. I've had that. I've had an influx of just in the last couple of weeks, like five or six clients just call, you know? And so it's exciting to say my summer is booked, right? Isn't that how it works? Right. At the time where I say, oh, I'm going to nix the schools. Right. And then I have my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays full of what I kind of wanted, you know, and still have Monday, Fridays off. And so I'm just like, this is, this is great. <laughs> you know, I'm loving this. So I think, yeah, I think daycares is also, I didn't mention that, but daycares is also a good marketing. I've, my church has a daycare, you know, attached to that. And I've sent several emails, never heard back, but social media, you know, we're friends. And then finally, I feel like they've seen so many like posts that I've made that they've reached out again. Hey, you know, I'd love some couple flyers or something so we can refer. I would love to send you flyers. I would love to send you business cards, you know, so don't give up. That's, a key advice that I would give to everyone, you know, marketing can be tough, but don't give up and you'll get there. Especially like you're, you know, Ruth, you're like one of the most helpful, um, just kind, like smart people. Right. So it's like, you know, as long as you're out there, you know, showing people what you can do and how you can help them. And you're, you know, thinking about reaching out to other, like either directly does, you know, uh, networks of people who could need help or other providers or whatever, right. Uh, pediatricians, daycares, these kind of places like those seeds do sometimes grow very slowly. And I don't know anything about plants, right. But it's like, some things are going to pop up quick. Other things may take a long time, right. Even like months or years to grow. Right. But it's like, if you don't do anything, If you don't plant the seeds, they're not going to grow. Effort into it. Yeah, definitely. I love it. So, what are you know? Is there any like last pieces of advice or anything that we haven't touched on that you're like thinking that you really want beginners or people who have been on the fence about private practice for a while to think about? I think for me, um, I think what I want to really stress is sometimes the the investment of you know, of starting in, in your group can be some daunting to some people, but I think once you invest in that, you realize you are doing yourself a favor. So I really want to talk to people who are on the fence about that and saying like, 
what are you willing to invest in yourself? You know, are you willing to, to put yourself out on the line for your dreams? Like, because I think this program is really set up in a way that you have supporters who are cheering you on all the way. And if you're someone that really needs that support and really needs like things that are lined up for you, I think this is a great system. And I have found that support that I needed from random people. And again, social media was not my thing, like Facebook group. And you can be one of those people who sign up and and say, I don't have time for this right now, because I was the same thing. You know, I was like, I signed up and I was like, school got, school is busy. And I know because I was there and that is a priority. You know, that is where, you know, my main income came from. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't fit this in, but you know, you invest in that program and you know that it's there and you know that the people are there to support you. And when I was ready, they were there for me. And so I felt like I became, you know, more like I I learned so much through questions that people asked, through questions that I asked. And again, with experience, everything becomes easier, easier to ask random questions, easier to know that like a question will be answered and that no question is too dumb or whatever. And trusting again in the timing and the experience that you have, because everyone, you know, that has gone to school to become a speech language pathologist has a master's degree. So you have learned, you know, what is needed to graduate and you have experience. And so taking that experience and then making it, you know, into the dream job, the the dream job that you've always wanted. And for me, you know, it's, it's starting to get there. I'm excited to see where it will be five, 10 years from now. Oh my goodness. I am too. Me too. So congratulations on, you know, going full-time, right. And for her have started this journey, right. I I often talk about there being kind of like different legs of the private practice journey. Right. So I, I feel like you're, you know, basically completed leg one, right. And now (laughs) you're kind of on to to the next part, but thank you so much for sharing your story with the, with our listeners. I think there's lots of, you know, in particular, you know, pediatric SLPs, um, who are listening who are like, Oh my goodness, like Ruth sounds so much like what I've gone through. And if she can do it, I can do it. So yeah. thank you for, for you being, <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Right. Thank <laughs> you for being a, uh, you know, a, an example of someone who had a dream and she went for it and made it happen and just keep making it happen. Keep going Ruth, because you're, you're on to something and I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much, Jenna. So I just want to leave with that everyone with that desire and that dream. Like I have that little quote always in my office that says, if you can dream it, you can do it. You, you did it. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you again. Oh, before we hang up, can you share with the listeners where they can find more about you on social media, on the internet, et cetera? Of course. So um, my Facebook business page is at Be Brave Speech Therapy. And the same for my Instagram. So it's at Be Brave Speech Therapy. All one word, Be Brave Speech Therapy. I would love to connect. So definitely look me up. <laughs> yeah. So if you were listening to this podcast, you know, send Ruth a message, you know, tell her what your number one takeaway was. And um, again, thank you for being on the show, Ruth. Thank you. Don't you just love Ruth? I love her warmth, her energy, and her can-do attitude. She had a dream and she went for it. Well, first she talked herself out of it for a while, but then as she shared, Ruth eventually made a list of all the pros and the cons of private practice. And well, the pro list was much longer and she decided that it was time. I encourage you to make a list too. 
sit down with a blank piece of paper and your beverage of choice and list out all of the pros and cons of adding a private practice to your life, even a small on the side one like Roots. Seeing even a few clients per week can add up to significant extra monthly income without quitting your job. So once you look at the pro and con list, if the pros outweigh the cons, try it. Try private practice and see if you like it. Because for all of the what ifs that you might be afraid of, the other question to ask is, what if it works? What if this is the best thing that ever happened to you, to your family, and to the clients that you will be working with? What if private practice isn't just another job setting, but it's the vehicle to help you get what you want in life? How cool would that be? Enrollment for the Start Your Private Practice system will be opening soon. So make sure you hop on the waitlist over at startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. This is the exact same program that Ruth is a part of. So if you were listening and inspired by Ruth and you want to have access to the same information and support, the marketing module that she mentioned, ongoing support from the mentors and checklists and more, head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist and sign up to get notified as soon as we reopen. In the episode, Ruth talked about the investment and how she felt like it was well worth it to help her get up and running quickly and successfully to the point that she was able to quit her job and focus on her private practice exclusively. I am so excited for Ruth and I'm excited for you too. I hope I'll see you next week. Until then, start making that private practice pro and con list. I think you'll be surprised. See you soon. Have been toying with the idea of starting a private practice for some time now. So even being a full-time working mom, it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.